This is episode 34. In this episode, you'll meet three women of different cultural backgrounds that have come together to create a YouTube channel to motivate, inspire, and share resources for business owners. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, hello, I'm Giselle Martin, and this is Relate and Elevate. Bienvenidos. It's a podcast where Latinx business owners share stories of cultural identity and entrepreneurship. I believe consumers want to support businesses they relate to because it gives them a sense of community. Also, join me on my business mindfulness series where I share business tips and activities that will help you grow and sustain your business. So please subscribe to Relate and Elevate to learn more about closing the cultural gaps in the marketplace. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Relate and Elevate and uh, today I am in Oakland and I'm with the with the amazing women of doing the damn thing. So would you all like to introduce yourselves? Oh yes. Hello everyone, my name is Nicole and I do the social media and one of the co-hosts for doing the damn thing and then you guys have probably heard my interview before for Epifiana Magazine. So thank you Giselle for having us. <laughs> Hi, I'm Geraldine Convento, and I'm one of the co-hosts for Doing the Damn Thing. I own Meet Geraldine and a few other businesses, and happy to be here. Hi, this is Lauren Mesmer, and I want to thank you for coming and letting us be interviewed, and thanks for giving <laughs> a shout-out to Oakland. Yes. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So can you all explain like what is doing the damn thing and like how did you <laughs> decide on the name and like why is it important to have like why is it important for all three of you to collaborate and do doing the damn thing? Yeah, so we started about a year and a half ago and Geraldine and I are business partners. We're co-owners of a business called Meet Geraldine, which is an SEO and web maintenance company. We have been around for 10 years, 11 years actually, and ever we became business partners about eight years ago. And ever since the beginning, we talked about doing a TV show or some kind of uh, public... Yeah, some sort of media that would capture the, the nature of the conversations that we have and the experiences that we have. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so then uh, Nicole came onto the scene because we met randomly <laughs> at a networking event. Turns out she and I both attended Mills College and got our MBAs there, but at different times. So we have that in, com in common. And she has always wanted to be a talk show host. <laughs> and so and we just kind of started talking about it, and it came about very naturally. We Over the last year, we've kind of just been... You know, seeing how it works, seeing what is good, what is bad, um, you know, the best way. We just hired a producer, so we have a new partner with our show. Mm -hmm. And uh, we really just love to talk about entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And what we've realized is that a lot of people don't, they're not real about entrepreneurship and mm -hmm. or just things in general, right? So we'll you'll say, how's your business going? And they'll be like, oh, it's awesome. It's great. Like, 
But behind the scenes, they're a couple of months behind <laughs> on their bills. I'm crying in my bathroom. Yeah, you, <laughs> you like know? don't want to go out. Networking's yeah. hard. And um, I think it's just really because of what we do, the nature of what we do is we work with other businesses. So we get to see behind the scenes a lot. And we just felt like it was really important to bring that to light. And especially for people who aren't in Oakland in the Bay Area where we have such a strong entrepreneurship culture. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot. If you don't have other entrepreneurs to talk to, it can feel really lonely. So we kind of came at it from that point of view. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you guys think? I, did I do a good job of this? You did an excellent job <laughs> answering that question. Thank you. Yes. So before we move on to talking about our cultural identity and things like that, let's just talk a little bit about you personally. So you want to share what your favorite food is? <laughs> our last I'll one. go first. Yes. <laughs> we'll have this down. Uh, my favorite foods are donuts. Sushi and nachos. I did not know okay, you like you donuts. You said foods. She <laughs> <laughs> yeah, said like, food. Yeah. However, I have to. I have to give the disclaimer that I'm on the keto diet right now, so I can't have most of that. <laughs> That's why right now it's your favorite. <laughs> okay, so my favorite foods. I'm a carb person. I try very hard not to eat carbs, but carbs are like that bad boyfriend that is just really really cute. So my favorite. Food. My favorite item of food would have to be lasagna. Um, mm-hmm. I also do love tacos, but like with turkey meat or chicken. And it, my mom always makes them with beef, and she gets mad at me because I eat, like white meat. And then those would base. Oh, and then ice cream. I love ice cream a lot. Like if you upset me, just give me a really nice big bowl of ice cream, and do not expect me to share the bowl of ice cream with you. Like I feel like that's so stupid. That's but, so yeah. stupid. <laughs> Depends on the bullets. <laughs> that's what I used to say. My favorite food groups are French fries, beer, and ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> that's no longer. My answer to this question is, can I just have a cuisine? Because Mexican food is my best, my yeah. favorite. I guess if I had to choose one from Mexican food, it would be a burrito. A mm. good burrito is pretty much everything. Yeah. <laughs> so, what about you? What's your favorite food, Giselle? Enchiladas. See, we could dive together. And nachos. So we got three Mexican. And tacos. There you go. Nachos and burritos are not Mexican. They're American. (laughs) Californian, Texan, whatever. Well, Mexicans and California eat them. And And burritos got me through when I was living in Santa Cruz for like two years because they're like everywhere. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, when I went to San Diego State, I ate burri- uh, burritos oh a lot, yeah. but they're way different than yeah. here. I know Mexican food in San Diego is bomb, for sure. That was one of my favorite places to eat Mexican food. Makes sense, right? It's right just, I mean, it's just different. Everywhere I go, the Mexican food is good. It's just all different. Yeah. Yeah. I ate a lot more uh, fish tacos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Clearly, we're getting to lunchtime, guys. <laughs> I know. Currently, so we're filming. So, doing the <laughs> damn thing is about eating food, right? Yeah. Basically, <laughs> that's, that's what it is. We have a hot episode while we're eating. We should. Oh, oh yeah. We have pictures while we're eating. Yeah. We can interview a restaurant owner and then yeah. eat at their restaurant while we interview. So, <laughs> so, if you own a restaurant, please give us a call. We'll come and uh, interview you and eat your food. <laughs> What's the most recent book you've read? Oh. I'm reading a book right now that's called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. And it's by Dr. Joe Dispenza. And it's all about the subconscious and your mind and body and how 
so much of our things that happen in our life is just naturally happening like we don't even we're unconscious about it it just kind of happens and it's because our mind and body are so connected so it's really it talks about the importance of separating the two and being like having hyper awareness so that you don't you're not controlled by your mind or your natural Mm -hmm. instincts and we do have an interview uh we do have a video about books actually yeah we do I had to like look up the title because I'm like, do I remember what it's called? So out of the three of us, I think I'm more of the fiction reader. I think that's what we discuss in our in our video. And so I'm usually reading fiction. That's the creative side of me. It's really hard for me to get in nonfiction. But the book I'm currently reading is This Is How You Lose Her, which is from a male perspective, and it talks about all his like failed relationships. And I find it hilarious because it's a very he has a very machismo mindset, so I'm cracking up at, like, all the dumb stuff he does. He's like, I try not to cheat, but it's so hard. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm so sorry for you, you know? It but, sounds like me when I try to, like, go on a diet. Yeah. <laughs> I try not to cheat, but it's so hard. Yeah. And then the previous book I finished was um, The Hate You Give, which I thought was really... I read it when I was on a road trip, and so I was getting really emotional while I was reading it. And, like, I didn't read it, of course, while I was driving, because, of course, when you're reading it, you're, like, crying. So I was, like, it was a really emotional book, and it just showed you that um, racism is still really relevant today. Because usually when you talk about racism, it's always, like, in the past. So Did yeah. you watch the movie? No, because I don't want to cry again. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I was like, isn't that... Yeah, that's a movie. movie? Yeah. Didn't they turn that into a movie? Yeah, okay. so... I am. I am just started reading the Herbal Alchemist Handbook, which is about Mm. herbs and just how to use like make you know like make different formulations uh, for healing. And then also I've been reading the Cash Flow Quadrant by Rich Dad, uh, Mm. Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Mm -hmm. Um, Just to you know, I'm. It's just to strengthen your relationship with money and kind Mm -hmm. of the best ways it talks about have you guys read it before i know geraldine has Uh, either of you no not the book it's a so they talk about the four quadrants you're either a business owner employee Mm. self-employed or an investor and so the different ways that you can make money and uh to kind of illuminate which of the core quadrants what means what so it's pretty interesting i recommend it Hmm. all right (laughs) Okay, so now we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk about your cultural identity. Like, How do you self-identify? In terms of culture, uh, I'm a Filipina woman. and uh, But even on a broader sense than that, I think ever since I've gone into entrepreneurship and adulthood, I really identify as a person of color. Just general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm still Filipino, and mm-hmm. if I'm really thinking about how I relate to others, I'm thinking about being a person of color. Do you want me to go? Yeah, you can go. <laughs> okay. Well, actually, this was a really interesting question. I don't get confronted with this question a lot because I'm white. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I guess people, I just assume people identify, with, relate to me as white mostly. I don't personally relate to myself like under the the label of white because for me a white white it has a lot of uh, 
connotation Mm -hmm. about certain, you know, about appropriation and and a lot of just conquering. Well, we all know what Mm -hmm. white, you know. And I realize that obviously not every white person is like that. But when I was thinking about this, I was like, yeah, what what is my cultural identity? Um, I would say probably Californian and maybe even just specifically Bay Area, which Mm -hmm. I feel like makes a different shift on what a white person in the Bay Area is like because we... You know, uh, t- not always, obviously, and but in the in my world, being around more diversity, being more aware of different cultures. I grew up in the Napa Valley, and I, which is half Mexican and half white, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And I grew up with a lot of Mexican mothers as you know caretakers, as my friends' moms. I speak Spanish and Portuguese. I've lived in Spain and in Brazil. I've studied Latin American Latino politics and sociology. And um, and I've thought a lot about this even as a woman. Like, do I even identify as a woman? Like, clearly I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. I don't, whatever, but what do I take that on? So here I am sitting with three women of color, and I thought this was going to be a very, uh, just, I would like to hear what you guys are, what your answer is for yourself yeah. first. <laughs> and also just like the cultural identity. I, I think of culture as like practices, sociology, mm-hmm. um, you know, rituals. And I wouldn't say I have white rituals. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yeah, no. <laughs> Another time about what what, what white ritual. Yeah, NASCAR. Let's not. Um. Yeah. So I think I answered this question last time, but maybe there's an update to it. Maybe. Um. So I look at myself as very much Mexican American, even though my dad doesn't really. Funny, my dad doesn't really like that term. He prefers to be called Chicano. And the reason why I consider myself Mexican-American was I always have been, like, in the middle of um, of both cultures. So I mentioned this in a lot of different interviews, but growing up, I went to an elementary school that was very much 50% Mexican and 50% white, and that one black kid. Um, I went to a very small elementary school where we just sort of always were in the, with the same students from first to sixth grade. And... Um, so I always consider myself as like the bridge. That's why I consider myself the Mexican American because I wasn't in the class, the ESL classes, because I spoke English at home, and so I was able to sort of build those relationship between, you know, I know this sounds very cliche, but between like the white blonde girls and like the Mexican brown hair girls, and like they do always want to play separately. It's sort of funny, even in elementary school, people self segregate. And so always bridging them together. So I consider myself Mexican-American for that reason. And then I also do consider myself very feminine. Like, as you guys, you guys can't see, but <laughs> I'm always, always in a dress. <laughs> always in a dress. And to echo Lauren, I do consider myself very more Californian. Um, just because when I travel, there there are other Americans I see traveling. But the way they carry themselves, the way they interact with yeah. other people... You could tell they're maybe not from the West Coast. And not to say that the West Coast is the best coast, but it but is. It is. <laughs> so yeah. it's just We're common sense. Yeah. 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 For the most part. Yeah. yeah like. So that's my cultural identity. Does that answer your question, Giselle? I mean, it, like this question is 
really it can be simple but it can be complicated and mm -hmm. it just depends on the person on the place this place that you are in your life but I, I studied cultural identity um, a lot in my undergrad I, I almost did like a Chicano studies like double like major or minor mm -hmm. or something like that I think I pretty much almost had all the classes but I just didn't like officially do it but um, but also I also studied um, cultural identity in my master's program so I studied cultural identity in education and so I asked how do you self-identify but some of you answered with culture I didn't say culture oh, that's and some of you said how other people see you but I asked how do you self-identify and I don't think that we get asked that question enough I don't think that we talk about that I think that everybody labels each other and I mean societies label people right away I think you know since we're little we're in tracks in school and like you mentioned in elementary school they're segregated I think that people are not really segregated I think people go to where they feel a connection a connectedness mm -hmm. you know and and I think it's really cool that you actually saw yourself as a bridge um, because we need people in our communities and societies that see themselves like that and so I my next question is what does cultural identity mean to you oh, so, so that's probably how we got because so, we knew what the questions but, but were but it's okay but um <laughs> no but but it's okay because this question at these questions I, I that's the reason why I asked them because nobody talks about it and nobody asks them and it's really for me to point out like my main purpose is to point out that it's not about anybody else. It's about you. And and you are made up of of what Geraldine said, of all your experiences. Because at first you said, cool, culturally I'm a Filipina, but then you said my experience. I'm like, to me, that's, that's what culture is. It, it could mm -hmm. be anywhere from, um, you know, you could be a man, your experience as a man, you can be experienced as a gay man, as a straight man, you know, your experience as a woman, as a woman of color, maybe, maybe, uh, so I identify, I, I identify as a Mexican American, as a Latina, as a Latina woman, as a Latinx, I identify as all of these things. And I do think that they're all different. I do. Mm -hmm. It just depends on so it you depends can have on multiple identity. So you can self-identify multiple in multiple ways. I'm I'm also I'm also a mother. I also identify as a mother. That's part of my experience. That's part of my culture too. Like culturally, my life is way different than people who are not mothers, right? And even mm -hmm. I'm a mother of three children. Like that, my experience is different than you know someone who has more or less, right? So, I I to to me, at the end of the day. Your identity is about your experience in life. Yeah. So what comes up for me, just thinking about the fact that, like, when you asked, when that question was presented, how it was really hard, and I realized that I really don't like label myself at. I really don't have a label, which is maybe good or bad. Like, I could also kind of cop out and say human is my identity. Mm -hmm. But what is the importance of having us an identity? Like, since you have studied and done all that, I'm really curious to know. Does it? Do you feel like it helps to strengthen a person? 
experience in life, life experience, or, you know what I'm, I'm just trying, like, if you were to be able to really own a few identities, do you feel like it would help you to show up in the world in a better way, or a stronger way, or, a, yeah, do you get what I'm saying? I, I would say, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you don't, have never really had to self-identify yourself because of your whiteness. Mm -hmm. Your whiteness gives you a privilege that you've never really had to really think about it or be labeled. But as, as, or or maybe maybe your woman experience will give you a little like a little bit of that experience. Yeah, but, but even that, I said like I don't necessarily yeah. like own that. Yeah. You know? But I I think that uh, people who come from communities of I mean I don't know I don't even know how to describe it but but well, but like I, I mean I was gonna go down like I was actually gonna say like <laughs> people from oppressive communities but like or people who come from a past of, of but I could you know say what I mean? like, for instance I'm I'm a rape survivor I've been abused I've had part I've of had your physical identity. disabilities like all of these things are true but I wouldn't necessarily like identify, I, I use them as a label for you that's, know what I mean. So that's up to you. that's up to you. Yeah. And so like that's why. How do you self-identify? Because for me, growing up, I was identified already right. by the color of my hair, by the color of my skin. I was. It was made very clear that like my brother has light brown hair and blue eyes, and why. Why does he have blue eyes and why are you darker than your, you know, why are your brother? Like, like, so obviously that's family, important. You had a different... Like, obviously, like that, you know, mm -hmm. you know, so just growing up, I think people's experience around the color of their skin and their physical features are already different. But then also, um, you know, it's, it's really is just like about experience, you know, when Nicole's experience was different. She saw herself as a bridge. You know, but she clearly saw two groups of girls in the playground. Right. Right? I mean, that's clear. Some kids won't pay attention to that. Some kids will. It's just, it's different. Everybody's experience is different. And that's why I ask, how do you self-identify? Because when I, got, when I got to college, I actually had an opportunity to label myself. Like, growing up for 18 years... I was always told who I was. I was that Mexican girl who spoke Spanish in a sea of white and Asian kids. And that one black girl. Yeah. <laughs> There's always that one black kid. Right. I think this is a really interesting conversation because... There's a self-identity where you know you've had all these different experiences and you know you've gone through this. And then there's your choices of how you present yourself. Like what is your outward identity to people? Mm -hmm. um, which I think, um, you know, what Lauren was speaking to. You know, mm -hmm. like Lauren's not really putting a label on herself and putting herself out that way. And as with, I think, all of us, you know, mm -hmm. I'm sure we've had past traumas and other things that we probably don't share outwardly. Um, I have a updated answer for this one. <laughs> Go for it. Thank you. Like, then I want to update my answer too. Yeah. <laughs> Geraldine 2.0. Yeah. In just yeah. a matter of moments. Yeah. First and foremost, I think of myself as a businesswoman. Mm -hmm. uh, because it's what my primary focus is. Second, I think of myself as a thought leader because I've been through a lot of different shit from mental health to mm -hmm. business negotiation to 
figuring out life and pursuing my passion and I really want to just continue to share about that with people uh, third I'm a girlfriend very proud to be in a long-term relationship and uh, fourth I guess I don't have a fourth those are the three things person of color yeah that is something that is very present for me everywhere I am regardless of the situation yeah for me what I have learned the most is that people of color live their lives being labeled Mm -hmm. so taking the time to ask wait who really am I and how do I self-identify how do I positively self-identify myself Mm -hmm. instead of being labeled and a lot of them tend to be negative or have a pejorative mm-hmm. tone. Well, I guess it kind of goes back to what my question was, like, how to, about how does does it make you more solid to, to have an identity, to, like, really pick a few labels, like how you just, you know, you had one, and then you came, Geraldine came back and had three, yeah. you know, yeah. four. But those were, yeah. when you said that, I was like, yeah, actually, probably entrepreneur is the number one label that mm-hmm. I live and, like, I'm, I talk about and I tell people who I am. So from that point, I could have my own personal brand. So it's kind of like that's what, you know, we talk a lot about is branding and, like, mm-hmm. setting the tone. So doing your self-identity or self, um, you know, self-labeling, you're setting your brand in motion. And really, like, yeah. from there you get – I like what you were saying. Like, basically, you got to control the narrative. Even though clearly, like, there's going to be people who, who, haven't, who don't know you that will just give you that label – of you know Mexican or Latina or whatever whatever it is they want to give it to you but by taking power in your identity and maybe mm-hmm. putting it in places and putting it out there when you introduce yourself yeah. you know like yeah so uh, I guess that's it I, I feel like it made me think that I really want to do some work around identity actually mm-hmm. this question and really kind of think about all of that and grab, yeah. grab some power in it because I would also say like a white an ally I, w- yeah. I also identify as an ally oh yeah and I think what's great for all of us because you guys are hearing all our answers of this self-identity and our culture identity what got me thinking is that this is why we did the show to begin with doing the damn thing is because when you look up entrepreneurship on YouTube all you saw was like a lot of videos from like white males and none of us are that (laughs) and and none of us are on a path to become that and so (laughs) so we really wanted to bring all these different self-identities into entrepreneurship and business and I think you would get that when you watch like the show that we all we never we're not three people with the same mind we all have different opinions and different thoughts because of our different identities so tell us more about the show. You you have a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Is that the only place you can watch the show? We have a YouTube channel, um, and we also have a few podcasts uh, that are out there, too, on Spotify. A few episodes? Or? Yeah, a few episodes that have been converted from the YouTube visual or mm-hmm. video to um, So the audio, audio. is... Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but we in the future that's part of our you know we will go yeah expand more on the podcast. But it's been a lot of learning for us even mm-hmm. on the yeah. video. Yeah, but right now you guys can find all the episodes on YouTube and then um, follow us also on Instagram. Subscribe to our channel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'd like to take a little break. Siempre viva dolls 
are dolls that truly celebrate the beauty of our Latinx community. They are handmade con amor. Visit the website SiempreVivaDolls.com to place an order and follow them on Instagram at Siempre underscore Viva to see a list of their upcoming vendor events. Learn more about Siempre Viva's business story in episode 9, episode 12, and episode 13 of this podcast. So how would you say that, how would you... How would you say that all three of you bring your cultural identity or your self-identity together for doing the damn thing? How do you collaborate your identities? Well, one thing is we all talk about our entrepreneurship stories and where Mm -hmm. we come from. We all have different kind of relationships with the word entrepreneurship and how we came into entrepreneurship. So I think I grew up in a household that had was a business. My parents ran a business out of our home. Mm-hmm. We had employees all the time coming in and out, etc. So I learned I have that point of view. For me it was never really a question. I pretty much always figured I would just be an entrepreneur. And then these two young ladies. <laughs> yes. Uh, for me, I grew up in a family that all worked for other people and sometimes worked other jobs and decided at a very young age that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I come from that experience of becoming an entrepreneur without any role models or support within my family. Mm-hmm. So I just felt like I this whole time I've been trying to figure it out and figured it out. Mm-hmm. Yes, there we go. So, my entrepreneurship story. So it's again. This is going back to how all our different cultural identities and how we grew up affects how we do the show. Is I grew up, you know, two parent household. They both worked. They both had their careers, but they both stayed in like that same job. And for me, what I learned from a very young age was my. So my dad had his college degree. My mom didn't. Um, but. What I learned is, from a young age, if you have a college degree, you get to have weekends off and holidays off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so even in elementary school, I realized that my mom worked really hard, but it's like, you know, she had to work sometimes long weekends and then evenings, and then, you know, my dad got to play golf every, like, Tuesday and Thursday, so I'm like, going to get that college degree because I want to play golf, you know? <laughs> or, like, you know, go to... The equivalent. Yeah, the equivalent <laughs> to golf. And then as I got older, I realized, hmm... I don't really like working for other people. And then I think for me, that was when I go into the show, I'm always thinking about, you know, that person that maybe has like a lot of family obligations and a lot of family pressure to be the role model. And how do you go against the grain while still trying to be that role model? Mm. Well, okay. So in terms of collaboration, Mm -hmm. um, your three women all business owners and you came together for doing the damn thing how do you have any advice for people when it comes to collaborating and also working on your own things but then coming together and trying Mm -hmm. to keep it going what has been your experience with collaborating with in in this sense and doing the damn thing and maybe other collaborations yeah I'm gonna I'll answer that first so for me, like, I've always collaborated with people with magazine, but it's always been one-on-one. I didn't come in collaborating with people. So with Lauren and Geraldine, they have worked together already, so they sort of know their rhythm, their flow, and I had to go into it. But 
it's what I really loved about Clara and both of you guys, I don't think I ever told you guys this, was how direct they were with each other and with me of like not and not in a aggressive way, but like this is what they expect, this is what they want, this is what they can give, and this is how they're feeling. And so that then allowed me to feel like, okay, comfortable to be direct and to answer those questions as well. So I feel like when you are collaborating with people, you need to find people that communicate in a similar fashion yeah. to you, you know? Um, because there's, if you keep sweeping things under the rugs and the uncomfortable feelings, then things get, expo- you know, exploding your face. And so that was something that I learned was like, okay, I can work with these people because they are legitimately going to tell me like, I don't want to do that, but not like, I don't want to do that, but I don't want to do that for X, Y, and Z, but I'm willing to hear your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. For myself, I always look at every single collaboration as an exploration. And I can't say that I've always been that way, but I think uh, working with Lauren and building a team really taught me uh, basically what the purpose of a collaboration is. The purpose of a collaboration is to reach a particular goal or to grow together. So once I knew the purpose of doing the damn thing was for us to all come together, share our experiences, and um, empower entrepreneurs. It's like, okay, cool, that's the goal, and let's see how this goes. So my role in collaboration, I feel, or my approach to collaboration is always, okay, go with the flow. If anything comes up, then speak on it and address things as they come, but just see what happens. And mm-hmm. I think that's my approach in general to business and everything else I do too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, it is that, and I would say it's actually a little more intentional than Geraldine's letting on, because um, when we, we've been business partners for eight years in Meet Geraldine, and when we first started, it wasn't really my goal to be her business partner, um, and so I was, because I've been in a few business partnerships, they were very negative and um, ended poorly and so when she and I started to work together we were just collaborating in general we just said okay well, let's work on a few projects so it is kind of that exploration but once we got really like uh, sure that we were gonna go into a partnership we actually were really intentional we took about three hours four hours of asking each other questions um, we found Geraldine found a bunch of questions online we sat in our meetings, we went over them one by one. They were things like, how would you like to address any kind of issues as they come up? Um, and then we both stated how it was. We, How much, if you were to, like what's the amount of money that you can spend without asking, so, like for the business? So mm-hmm. we agreed that anything up to $100, um, we could make our own decisions about it. But actually we end up just checking in about everything because we have become like what Nicole said, like we already have our rhythm. Now we have a rhythm where we just like, we understand each other. We do a lot of communicating. And I am, I play team sports growing up. So it's very important to me that we have like clear guidelines about, okay, this is what we're doing. This is the game plan. And then also all understanding that when we go to to play, when we're in competition or in the mode, shit's gonna hit the fan. Can I swear? What's, what sports did you play? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. I played I played a lot of sports. I was from a very small town, so the competition wasn't very big. <laughs> so I played volleyball, basketball, soccer, swimming, and tennis. Yeah. 
Um, all most of those, and I enjoyed mostly the team sports because I um, enjoyed that exactly that we would all be on the same page, and then you'd go into competition, and things may not go exactly the way it is, mm-hmm. but everybody knows and trusts each other enough, and knows kind of like the thought process. So I'm I I do a lot of communicating up front, and the ideas because then later. If you do all the communicating up front later, then you don't have to have as much mm-hmm. communication because you can think, what would Nicole do? Yeah. What would <laughs> Geraldine do? I find it funny, or I find it in my head, I was laughing. I'm like, oh, she played sports because I did not play sports because I did not like competition. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, that makes sense. That was lazy. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> you were lazy. So. No, but, she was learning how to code websites. That's why she didn't play sports. Yeah, I'm very, in general, I'm a very independent person and always. Mm-hmm have been so working in collaboration within the past few years was very new to me it was something I really had to build mm-hmm. a capacity for yeah and I think uh, because like I said we've been together now working together about a year and a half and I was just thinking about this this morning actually I think now we've we're making the commitment to be out there doing more you know like being on podcasts, doing some marketing, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is that after a year, we all kind of were like, oh, okay, we can do this. Like we all realized like this past year was a trial. It was kind of like a trial run. Yeah. But now we see that we work well together. You know, we all really enjoy each other. And um, so it does go along with what Geraldine was saying about, you know, you kind of just wait and see and see yeah. how it goes. Mm-hmm. And know when to shut it down. <laughs> Don't be afraid to shut it down if you have to. Just oh, yeah. be real with yourself, because not all money is good money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great <laughs> advice. I think it's, I think a lot of people get like collaboration happy, and they just want to meet people. I, mm-hmm. I see this a lot, like um, on Instagram, um, people say, "Oh yeah, let's work together. Let's work together." Or then they meet, and then they're like, "Hey, hey, let's work together. Let's work, work together." But I think it's really, really important that in a collaboration. Like everything that all of you said, like there needs to be a purpose. You need to be intentional. Mm-hmm. You need to make sure that you can work together. There so needs important. to be effective communication. And there needs to be a goal. Like what is the goal? Is the goal to make a million dollars? Or like right. when we make a million dollars, we're going to stop? Or is the goal to do this for a year and then stop after a year? You know, like it's. It should be it should be clear. Mm-hmm. I actually have experience um, creating um, a non-official collaborative agreement with someone where we we worked on a project and then that's it. It was over and done. And um, yeah, I mean it was good while it lasted during that time. But then it's fine, you know. Yeah. Move on. And uh, it's also, it goes into relationships or anything. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just the standard for any kind of interaction with another human being, I think. Yeah, I always say relationships, regardless what they are, are a two-way street. And also, some relationships are like a two-page, you know, chapter, and some relationships are a whole novel. And so, you need to know when it needs to end. Yeah. And we just on that note about uh, having goals, we ask each other a lot, and mm-hmm. I think we're still like getting really clear about everything. But we ask each other a lot, like, okay, so why? Because we all have our own businesses beyond the doing mm-hmm. the damn thing. So we want need to be really clear what each of our own intentions for being yeah. for doing doing 
doing doing the damn thing is. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you something. Do you have a collaborative agreement written for doing the damn thing? Don't no, know. we don't. And I was thinking about I'm that like, earlier. That? Yeah, I was thinking about that earlier. I was like, oh, we don't have one. And I think now that we hit the one year mark and we've also talked about more of like money and how we're going to split it, I was thinking like, oh yeah, we should probably just set that, like, you know, yeah. write it out um, so that it will be coming in year two. So. Yeah. <laughs> and we just brought on a producer, like we said, who mm-hmm. has been doing some of the production for the last mm-hmm. few months, but we made it official, where we're actually all yeah. a four, equal four partners. Yeah. So, so that shout out to Carmen. Sets the, yeah, <laughs> Carmen, uh, CV Studio, the yes. studio. So we all, um, they, they, there is a need for us to do that at this point. Yeah. Thank you. For yeah, no, I just up. bring this up because a lot of people talk about, let's collaborate, let's collaborate, but... I don't know if everybody actually really knows what, what it means mm-hmm. to collaborate. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of times people use the word let's collaborate when they really just want to network. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and network means to meet someone. I, I mean, I also think that networking is also used when people actually just want to be social. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, like if people want to be social, they say, oh, let's network. But then when people say they want to collaborate, they actually really want to network. Yeah, like, like so share resources Let's be and stuff. clear. Like social is hanging out, talking, meeting people, right? Just hanging mm-hmm. out. And uh, networking is meeting people with a specific purpose in mind. When you're networking, you should be telling people like – what you do, how you can help other people, and what it is that you're looking for for your own personal business. Is it for your business, not personal? It shouldn't be networking. Is has nothing to do with. I personal. disagree a little bit with that, and the reason is is because we've created some really great partnerships with people based on it was in a networking environment. So mm-hmm. on that, like everyone knows. In that, like, I don't totally disagree. I just partially disagree that you can be in a networking environment where everyone, what makes it safe is everybody understands, like, I'm going to talk to you about my business. So yeah, don't feel, like, confronted. I, yeah. yeah. But, in like, uh, I really, I really appreciate it when people get a little personal at networking mm-hmm. events because it can be so, like, I don't want to feel robotic and I'm yeah. a, I'm very relationship driven in general. Um, so one woman... I don't remember what her question was, though. Shoot, I wish I could. But, you know, just, like, asking questions. It also helps you to understand, to, like, build trust when you can relate about personal yeah. things. So I, I know you probably meant the whole package, but I just want to be clear out, like, to yeah. an audience, too, because, like, don't you feel confronted when there's that person that's just, like, pouncing on you with their with their idea? With They're like, yeah. hi, I'm Lauren. I don't own a marketing company. What do you do? Oh, we could collaborate. We could do this or that, and then this yeah. is what I'm looking for, as opposed to, well, like, yeah. Yeah, but that has to do with the person. I think, like, when the person is talking to you, then you can get, like, you get a vibe or something. You'd be like, mm-hmm. wait, do I want to continue do talking to this? I want to know more enough? about this person. Yeah. But I guess my perp- my the main reason why I said that is that, like, networking events is you understand that there's you're there for your business you're not there for personal reasons but yeah i do like what you said that it is important to bring your personality into it especially if you're looking mm-hmm. for other people to work with because yeah. if you don't if it's not a good fit then it's just not a good fit and then just you can't work with that person yeah, yeah. 
But it does have to be a good fit. So, you know, it's funny. Um, a year ago, so I was talking, so I'll be very honest, I was talking to my therapist, and I was having a hard time because I was, I want to call everyone a friend. Mm-hmm. I just use that word um, because I, I don't, I mean, if you meet me, I like to hug. I find it really weird if I have to shake hands with someone. I just, it's like, <laughs> why? We're not at a funeral, and you're not like, you know, a third relation, you know? So, but she was like, are they really friends? Because you met in a business setting. Like, what is friend? And so it's sort of, in a weird way, for me, what has helped is sort of put people in different, like, categories. There's, like, friends who I would never do business with. They're just my friends, right? And then there's friends that I would do business with. And then there's people that I'm, like, they're, like, in the middle. They're not quite friends, but I'll do business with. And, like, you sort of have to put people in different groups. That's how, just for me, how my mind works. And that actually helped me a lot with, like, anxiety because I was just, like, well... Now I don't feel the pressure to be, like, super friendly and, like, everyone's best friend. Mm. You know what I mean? There's just some people that I'm, like, I always joke. I'm, like, we become really, really close friends if we're, like, in Vegas and you're holding back my hair. Then that's, like, a new <laughs> level of friendship right there. And you still want to talk about my business? Oh, my God. Yeah, this is best friends for life. But, you know, if we're not there yet, then sorry. So. But keeping it real, you're not going to – everyone's not your friend all the time. Yeah. And you're not going to do business with everyone, yeah. all businesses. All so, like, that's... One, yeah. of, my, one of my favorite <laughs> sayings... knowing your boundaries. Yeah. One of my favorite sayings, I might get tattooed on me, is uh, that Aristotle saying, a friend to all is a friend to none. And I love yeah. that saying so much. I try to ingrain it into my younger nieces and nephews because they're all in elementary school. And they're at that age where they have to think they have to be friends with everyone. I'm like, no offense, but, you know, your fellow third grader is sort of dumb. So why do you want to be <laughs> friends with them? <laughs> Have you seen his car collection? Yeah, it's so boring. It's, <laughs> hello. We surround ourselves with winners here. That's funny. So on that note, we're going to switch gears a little bit. We'll, we'll lay off the third graders. Yes. Yeah. Third grade fashion. I have a third grader right now. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, so I just want to talk about technology a little bit and what technological tools that you use for your business. If you want to talk about your individual businesses, but then also specifically for doing the damn thing, like what, how do you make it all work with technology? You go ahead, Geraldine. <laughs> Geraldine's our, te- our tech person. My, yeah. Well, I'll speak for business in general first. Uh, I really like GoToMeeting. Um, mm-hmm. If you're not familiar with GoToMeeting, similar ones could be Zoom or even Google Hangouts and things like that. What it allows you to do is to video conference with people so you could see each other or do audio. You can also record the meetings themselves and uh, it's just a great way to collaborate with people from all over the world. Mm-hmm. So it's one of my favorite and record whatever it is that you need to record. I actually for my own YouTube channel I do a lot of tutorials and walking people through things and sometimes I'll go on the go-to meeting by myself and I'll record a video that I'm going to put on YouTube and it's just screen recording everything that's there or I use it a lot for business when I'm delegating tasks or giving feedback on something and it's just been so powerful for me in several different ways communication making money um, as well as just making sure everybody's on the same page mm-hmm. so I highly recommend a tool like that or zoom if um, that's what you prefer in terms of doing the damn thing we use a lot of email as well as Trello, which is a collaboration and project management tool uh, that's been uh, useful to organize a lot of our 
photos, information, the show order, and things like that. Um, what else do we use? I guess we so for social media we use Planoly, and then we also use Canva just to create some of the posts. Um, so that's something anyone can use, and they have free versions, and then they also have paid versions, like most things. And so that's for the creative side. And then for business in general, what I like to use is Waves. I think the... Oh, I use that too. Yeah. Oh, so I feel like such an adult when I use it because you put all your expenses in there, and I basically, for the magazine and for my freelance work... I put all the info there, take the pictures of receipts and all that stuff. So when it comes to tax season, I just give it to my accountant. And it's like this nice like document instead of like a folder of like loose receipts. Oh, you're talking about Wave apps. Yeah, the, Wave's the, app. um The accounting one. Yeah. Uh, when you said Wave, I was thinking about Wave, which is uh, you upload your audio and it'll create like oh, a okay, visualizer yeah. See, like, for social uh, media. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing I used yeah, to. Yeah, I know. It's funny how like, these companies all have similar names. I know. Yeah. But yeah, the Waves app, because you have to like Google it that way, I believe. For accounting. Laura. I use Gmail. <laughs> <laughs> and Word. Yes. And all the ones that they mentioned yeah. with the businesses that we do. But yeah. It's funny because like I I talk to a lot of people like from the Bay Area around here. I'm like, there's so many like technology things that like we're bombarded with technology things all the time and then people who are not from around here like don't know as many things and I'm just like that's um, that's a different cultural experience we live in Silicon Valley yeah (laughs) that's always crazy when I travel like I really get present to that that like wow Facebook's in our backyard that's really interesting like people yeah like we don't I I don't think like it's just it's like right there that we don't realize it that like everything is right there yeah my cousin works for Apple my other cousin works at Yelp like you know what I mean like seriously (laughs) everybody or how uh, the culture of which they use the apps is different in different places too like yeah you, you go to other places and Yelp is not popular. They oh, yeah. use Google reviews. Or something like yeah, that. I was just yeah. in Sicily and it was all Google reviews because I think Yelp only Yelp's has... Yelp's not really international. Yeah, I think they're only... Because inter- as a company, I believe they're only international offices in like Dublin and Ireland. So yeah. They have like, a few others, but I think it just... People haven't really attached yeah. to the platform like they do here. Mm-hmm. The other thing I wanted to point out too is that Instagram, right? We, we all are familiar with Instagram. Yeah. We use it a lot. But I was in New York networking with people, and while we're having a conversation, the person's talking with me and scrolling through their Instagram feed. So sometimes looking to at look me, for you some no, just, not uh, to look for me, like because they're looking at their feed while we're having a conversation. <laughs> that was so interesting. I was like, yeah, that's interesting. That's like, also I, a little rude. Yeah, <laughs> I had to like really like be objective about mm-hmm. the experience because he was like looking at me and also looking at Instagram at the same time and I was like okay this is a thing <laughs> this is a no, I mean like I pull out my phone and go on Instagram to find someone when I'm like okay like you know what yeah. I mean like wh- hold on the I want to stay I want to <laughs> <laughs> call it what it is because yeah. I want to stay in contact with them <laughs> like for me the easiest Sorry. way to stay in contact with them is to follow them on Instagram mm-hmm. and you know and instead yeah. of like, wait, what's your phone number? What's your email? You know, writing yeah. things down or and then you know I so can much give about them, I can so give fun. people my business card, but then, but if I want to contact someone, I'm like, what's your Instagram? Like that's how I can track I really someone. Like Instagram too. Yeah, 
I do. But I don't look at my feed when I'm talking to people. Yeah, it's kind of weird. And he was very engaged in our conversation, but actively looking through his feed. And I was like, hmm, this is so weird. Someone told me they were having sex with someone while they were, and the person was scrolling through their Instagram. That's rude. (laughs) That's so rude. And also, as the other person, wouldn't you think, oh my God, am I really bad at this activity that someone's looking at their Instagram? (laughs) Get out. This is... What it's like to live in Silicon Valley. <laughs> <laughs> like, hold on, hold on. I gotta do my, I gotta do an upgrade. I gotta do a boomerang while we're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh my God. I'm exhausted that okay. topic. So, yeah, there we go. Since we just now started talking about boomerang sex videos. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I'm, I'm gonna just record that, Has that answer ever question. gone this way for <laughs> <laughs> you? Then, um, <laughs> let's... Let's talk about where can people find you. What officially <laughs> on Instagram? <laughs> where you may or may not find boomerang videos. We promise those type of boomerang videos will not be. We on are our entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, okay, so you are doing with G. the no G, right? Doing the damn thing with an apostrophe. Yeah. D O I N apostrophe the damn thing. The damn thing. So on YouTube, right? On yeah. YouTube. So on YouTube, you just go to youtube.com forward slash doing the damn thing, and then on Instagram, it would be doing underscore the underscore damn, damn, damn underscore thing. thing. Yep. There you go. <laughs> no underscore then. And no apostrophe and, in that scenario. Yeah. And our <laughs> website is doingthedam.com. But I'm sure that'll all be in a, is there a descriptor box? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, there we go. There we go. That's where it'll be. Yeah. Um, and what if people want to be on your show or how do you get people to be on your show? Well, uh, they can hit us up on Instagram, for mm-hmm. real. <laughs> and also, uh, I'll, I'll let... You guys can answer else how else to do that, but I also want to say we we the one of our goals this year and what we're doing is taking our show live. Mm-hmm. So we want to be in cities where at entrepreneurial hubs um, where we can come in and do a live show and uh, sell tickets. So if anybody has any kind of um, contacts that way we'd love to come into your community interview some people that entrepreneurs and just talk about what it means to do the damn thing as an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. so that that's my shout out to us into the world yeah (laughs) call us so yes i can actually see you all three of you on stage thank Thank you you. (laughs) do you need someone to introduce sure let's do it i know someone who's someone (laughs) Mm-hmm. So, again, if you want to be on the show, you guys can message us on doing the damn thing Instagram. I think that might be the fastest way. But if you know any of us personally, you could definitely message us. Maybe that will get a quicker response. I know for the future shows, we want to be more, um, like... Can I, can I, like more tactical with the topic so you know if you have like a skill that is really important for entrepreneurs definitely let us know also in general when you are pitching yourself to someone please tell us what you want to talk about <laughs> that's just helpful yeah. and not just like your name and that you want to be on the show and then of course um Aquin and lauren we are trying to take this show on the road um so if you know of a location that we could do it and if you want to host us that would be great 
Well, thank you so much for being on my podcast today. And I really enjoyed all the conversations that we had. I think these are really important topics. And I'm so happy that you all were able to open up and you know, share your Yeah, I really appreciated it, too, because it's, um, I like bringing the cultural twist into, and just, you know, other points of view that I think in our show, on, on, in our show, we don't address that, even though we are clear, we're like, you know, a diverse group of women in business, so it was very fun to explore those topics with you, and I thank you for giving us the opportunity to get to know each other in a different and a deeper way too because that's really important you know your vibe comes across when you're (laughs) you know that's another part of collaboration you have to actually like outwardly be interesting to other people too (laughs) (laughs) well it's really eye-opening for me especially in the beginning when we're talking about self-identity and cultural identity and how you're talking about why you've you asked that in your show so I appreciate that and you uh, you sharing what your experience is with cultural identity mm-hmm. right, thank you mm-hmm. so um, yeah thank you for having us <laughs> sorry she was Instagramming but was she is a social media person so. <laughs> so sorry about that thank you all right thank well you. thank you very much all right have, bye everyone bye-bye bye Thank you for listening to Relate and Elevate. Find me on Instagram at Giselle's World and on Facebook at GM Strategist. Make sure to visit my website, GiselleMartin.com and please, please rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. Hope you have an amazing day. Bye.